Hello gamers from around the world. This is Boxenberger, the video game enthusiast from Germany. And I would like to welcome you to today's very special episode of the World of Gaming because we have have a premiere here. I think you've never been properly on the World of Gaming. You've been on the prediction show for the E3 uh, or Xbox uh, uh, Live uh, event this year, but we haven't had you for a full show. So it's a very special episode to have you on here. Miles, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Stoked to join you guys. Yeah, this is my first official World of Gaming appearance outside, mm. like you said, the predictions and the first time we've been on a show together in a little while. Both yeah. of you two gents, so I'm stoked. I'm excited to be here, ready to talk some video games, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. Awesome, awesome, man. Um, but first, let me also welcome my co-host, Wandering Dutchman. Brother, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. I've, um, I've been holding off playing God of War until the weekend, so mm. I am really looking forward to that. Um, it's, it's you were, you were able to do that. Game. No FOMO. <laughs> Nothing worse than a game releasing midweek when you're at work. <laughs> yeah, indeed. indeed. Yeah. You know, I wanted to take a day off of work extra. I had it booked in like months ago and yeah. my boss canceled it. I had to fly to Barcelona for a day. Uh, and people think it's awesome to go to Barcelona instead of playing God of War. But seriously, I've seen nothing in between the airport, the meeting room and the airport. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's like, yeah. But we will get to God of War in a second. I was able to yeah. play at least a little bit. Um, but yeah, let me also welcome everyone in chat. I see the chat is already filling up with a lot of familiar names. Big shout out to you. And of course, a big welcome to everyone who listens on the podcast services around the globe. Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Welcome to you guys as well. We have an awesome show. We have a lot of topics to talk about. We will of course talk about the rumored Diablo re fall release date. We will talk about Mass Effect and StarCraft might get a revival on Xbox. Phil has talked about that, so that's always worth a discussion. Call of Duty, uh, Xbox, energy savings, and a lot more. But first, we will talk about the games of the week. All right, gentlemen, the games of the week. We want to know from you, of course, Miles, what you have been playing. But please, also everyone in chat, let us know what has kept you busy on the gaming side. So, yeah, this week I've been I got sucked into Vampire Survivors, y'all. I was, you know, oh. a little late to the game. I mm. saw a bunch of people months ago when it hit PC, hit Steam, hit PC Game Pass, talking about how it was a legit game of the year contender and i went online i watched some trailers and i was like oh, it looks like a bullet hell game it looks okay. chaotic it's it's castlevania inspired so that that automatically had me a little intrigued but i didn't play it until about a couple days ago i got a code and was playing it on my steam deck and oh my god it is so addicting it's a it simple is? premise so it's kind of sort of an auto battler meets a bullet hell so you control your character but you don't control your attacks at all all of your attacks are automatic and Essentially, there's just hundreds and thousands of enemies just encroaching on you, trying to kill you, and you maneuver around, kill them, level up, get new power-ups. But, oh, it's, it's the first night I played it, uh, it was probably about 11.20. I was getting ready to wind down for bed, and I was like, all right, let me, let me check this out. Let me play a few rounds. I ended up playing until well past 1 a.m., and I was like, okay, I need to put this down. I need to stop playing this game. <laughs> 
So it's always a good sign when when it's like that addictive man. Yeah, the loop talk. is just it's so tight. It's it's a hard max of thirty minutes for a run. But if you like rogue lights, um, really satisfying. If you love Castlevania, a lot of the power ups and characters and monsters and music feels pulled straight from that universe. So as someone just desperate for anything Castlevania, you know, mm. Konami has done me dirty for well over a decade now on the Castlevania yeah. front. Um, it's it's scratched an itch for me and it's it's been really really good sweet sweet anything else uh, or was that mainly the, the the game for you this week i you know i've been in my uh battle pass grind phase oh. so I'm, i'm part of the problem so i've been grinding mm. out my uh, my dailies and multiverses i've been grinding out my dailies <laughs> in fortnite and grinding out my dailies in pokemon it. unite uh Really, I'm biding my time until Pokemon Scarlet comes out. Like I almost picked up God of War just because of all of the hype, but I'm mm -hmm. working on Star Ocean. I'm working on a Plague Tale Requiem. Um, so I'm, I have this terrible problem of buying a bunch of games at the same time and then yeah. eating none of them. So I'm trying to be better about it. So I'm really forcing <laughs> myself to finish what I have before I pick up something new. Uh, so I'm trying to plow through a Plague Tale Requiem and Star Ocean before Pokemon hits. <laughs> Sweet, sweet. Uh, all right, the Dutch, we will get to you in a second. I just briefly want to uh, read us the first super chat of the day that comes in from Drawn TJ. He sends it $5. Thank you so much. He says, hey, guys, what's up, Miles? Great guest, Boxenberger. Indeed, a great guest indeed. And we have UK Lad, who just became a channel member. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for the support. Um, well... Dutch, what, what kept you busy this week? Yeah, you so... Only, by the way, that Age of Empires 4 match uh, from last weekend. <laughs> I know, I know. We do need that. No, I, yeah. was, uh, I was doing... I, I what was I even doing last weekend? I can't even remember. Was it football? I don't know. I don't know. Just probably. probably watching TV or something. <laughs> Got a lot of sleep recently. Um, no, um, the only thing I've had a chance to play this week, actually, is... Um, I was doing the giveaway stream for God of War Ragnarok with mm -hmm. Frame a Game. And uh, whilst I was doing that, I decided to put God of War 2018 back on and started playing through that again um, on the on the build-up to the new God of War releasing. Um, so, yeah, it was good. It was good. Eventually got that working on stream because Elgato and PlayStation have some mm -hmm. weird restrictions where you have to turn a whole bunch of stuff off for it to even bother... Streaming. Yeah, don't get me started about the... You need to turn HDR off and then... PlayStation automatically turns on like the color correction settings and you have to turn them off then again manually uh, before you can actually record something. Uh, yep. It is. Yeah, I always say like if you talk about if we, we talk all the time about how Xbox has an awful DVR and they have and they need to improve it, uh, no doubt. But somehow PlayStation found a way to make it even worse. It's like, why, why do both not get DVR on consoles, right? I don't know. Yeah, PlayStation's, <laughs> PlayStation's DVR has, it, it suffers from low quality, whereas, yeah. but great editing tools. And Xbox Indeed, DVR the editing tools, yeah. Bad editing tools. But you can't do anything. Like, now you can trim it. Woohoo! Mm. <laughs> yeah. But, but the quality of the videos is hit and miss. Sometimes it comes out okay. Other times it comes out and it's like loads of, like pixelated or blurry yeah. or the HDR is completely messed up. So, yeah, they, they both have improvements to go, but the editing tools on PlayStation side are far superior. But That's um, true. That's true. 
Aside, but you can't clip that. in 4K. Like, yeah. <laughs> base functionality yeah. missing, yeah. Nice so, um, mm. Other than that, just a little bit of Call of Duty. Uh, I, mm. I'm also part of the problem, Miles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> part of the Call of Duty machine, bro. Yeah, part of that one billion and ten day machine. Mm. Yeah, God. Um, and that's without microtransactions. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, I, yeah. I haven't picked up uh, Call of Duty just yet. Um, uh, I mean, when, when you do, when you pick, be it on sale or anything else, you'll have a really good time with the campaign. It's, a, it's good fun. It's one of the best campaigns they've done for a considerable amount of years. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Man, I need to, I need to, I, I, I got a challenge uh, here. Uh, John TJ sends in $5 and says, I'm going to beat oh. you on an Age of Empires 4 or 2 when it comes to Xbox. Challenge accepted, dude. Challenge accepted. Because I've been playing Age, of course, again. Uh, I just can't put it down. <laughs> and I, I have to shout out um, World's Edge. Uh, they, uh, season three started, yeah, like well, now almost two weeks ago. And, uh, it's it's the best season so far. It's so good. Um, can can you still hear me? Can he, we can hear you. I can hear. Can't see it though. Okay, I have no idea uh, <laughs> what's going on. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I don't know why. Uh, what's what's happening here? Um, I will fix that when a little later when someone else is talking. <laughs> uh, and, and let's throw just some gameplay on uh, of another game that I have been playing um, outside of um, of uh, H4, of course. Now I screw up the overlay as well. There we go. Uh, Gotham Knights still kept me busy. Um, and we can just watch a little gameplay. No story spoilers here. When it first zoomed in there. I thought I thought you went back to play Crackdown. <laughs> I thought the exact nah. same thing. I was like, "Oh, dang, Crackdown three, let's go!" <laughs> oh, you know, I'm I'm playing as a Red Hood here, um, and and it's Gotham Knights, and I really like it, man. I it I know everyone was complaining about the 30 FPS, and uh, I still think it's it's not good of the developers to not have a performance more than that game. Uh, but the game itself is just really good, and I'm 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 having a blast with it. The story is fantastic, combat is fun, um, and I just like it. I really do like it. Um, yeah, and yesterday evening, um, I started God of War. I only played like I don't know. The first hour or so, or maybe hour and a half. Um, I was thinking about recording some gameplay so we can watch that. But honestly, uh, I recorded the first hour and it's so full of story spoilers that I <laughs> decided, okay, I'm not going to show that here. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it really is good. Um, you can tell they, they, that controls are tight. You know, the, the combat is just, like you expect it to be like on point. Um, the pacing is great. Um, yeah, God of War is amazing. Um, so yeah, that's basically what kept me busy. Let's see what people in the in the community have been playing. We have here um, Ballantone played Persona Royale. Uh, sweet. Uh, and we have Siki who played Overwatch, which is always good. Good Halo. Uh, yeah, we, we will talk about Halo a little bit later. Uh, the big update is out. Masshole played Plague's Tale and also Halo, which is cool to see people getting back to Halo. Um, what else do we have? We have Doom Reaper, 
A Night Little Nightmares 2. I can never go wrong with that. Uh, yeah, man, the, the, the chat, the people play a lot of good stuff. Carolina Gamer also agrees with me. Gotham Knights is awesome. It is, it is. Uh, so, yeah. Anything else you want to add to the games the week before we move into the, the news of the week? No, but I will be playing Return to Monkey Island, which is kind of, mm. after announcement, it's coming to Xbox Game Pass, kind of just shadow dropped onto Xbox it's the other day. So yeah. I was like, okay, now it's on. Sweet. So I'll uh, I'll probably be playing that later on tonight because it's a nice chilled game. It's a nice one. I can just play it an hour or so and then turn it off. So play, play that for a <laughs> bit and then... Uh, I can just chip away yeah. at that over time. That's cool. That's cool. Um, all right. Before we move to the news, uh, one more super chat coming in from Drawn Che, who is already so generous today again, man. Thank you so much. He says, THK Nordic is making a spin-off of Command and Conquer called Tempest Rising coming out in 2023. They threw shade at e e EA. Yeah. Everyone check that game out, the trailers. It it definitely looks like a, a Command & Conquer sequel, uh, and I can't wait to play that, uh, honestly. Uh, it really looks good. I don't know, have you guys seen that game, um, Tempest Rising? Not yet. No, I haven't. No. But I'm honestly, I'm not the biggest RTS guy, so that wouldn't be That will change on once... Once age is dropping, tell, Age of Empires Two know. for me, all time, all time greatest. So I will dabble right. with that. But I, to be honest with everyone, that's about where my RTS uh, playing peaked. So <laughs> been a minute, been a minute. It's been a minute. Sounds like it. Yeah, man. Uh, no age is so good. I have like three hundred and eighty or ninety hours now into it. So almost at four hundred hours in Age Four. So. I just love it. <laughs> All right. Um, but let's talk about the news of the week. So there's, there was quite some interesting stuff happening this week. Uh, and I, I will hand it over now to, to Miles to talk about this because I want to fix my camera here. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I have to unplug it probably. Um, Diablo 4. Uh, we have the rumor of a release date. Uh, our good friend Special Nick uh, put that uh, rumor out during the Xbox Era podcast. And you might have heard of this other guy called Chess or something. <laughs> ah, uh, yes. Senor yes. Jez Corden of WindowsCentral.com. Exactly, exactly. By the way, I haven't properly introduced you uh, as uh, being like the video host of uh, uh, Windows Central. And also now you started your own YouTube channel. So guys, if you don't follow Miles on his, well, private YouTube channel now, uh, definitely click in the description of the show. You will find the link right there. Um, go over there and sub. Man, what, what, what's your plan with that? With that uh, Pokemon, private channel? Just Pokemon, just Pokemon channel. Shameless plug time? Yes. So finally, after a lot of encouragement from a lot of people, I've had people asking me why I haven't had my own channel for a long time, most mm. of my time at Windows Central. So primarily, most of my video work has been on Windows Central Gaming, which is the Windows Central YouTube channel. Um, this week, I, I finally took some time and started putting out videos on my own channel. So it's youtube.com slash Miles Dompierre. It's going to be other stuff, because typically with Windows Central, I cover 
Xbox, the Windows PC ecosystem, and I don't really have an outlet to talk about the other stuff I'm interested in because I have a PlayStation. I have an, uh, love Nintendo and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted an outlet to talk about ridiculous horror movies. So this is kind of my my own <laughs> personal channel. It's not exclusively gaming. It's going to be gaming, music, and uh, horror specifically. So if you're interested in some of that, I got a couple videos up. Um, my my goal there is just to put out a couple videos a week of stuff that I'm not talking about on Windows Central. So I'm excited about it. It gives me some some opportunities to do my own thing uh, outside of the Windows Central bubble. And um, yeah, if you're curious, check it out. Uh, and a huge shout out to all the uh, amazing people who've already, you know, have been banging the drum online and excited about it because that makes me excited to see so many people stoked that I'm actually taking the time to do this uh, really means a lot. And it really, you know, gives me that energy and enthusiasm to keep going because, you know, we as much as it's important to have some confidence, you, you never know. You never know yeah. if anyone cares. I'm, I'm still weirded out that anyone cares that I come on podcasts or, or talk about video games at all in any capacity same here. so same here the fact that people want to hear me yeah. talk about video games it's it's cool and it's weird and i appreciate it yeah yeah man, man i feel the same man. it's it's so awesome with the community that they take the time out of their busy schedule and their everyday life and just listen to to our opinions that we have about gaming uh which which is simply awesome so yeah guys definitely check miles's channel out um again you can find the link in Follow him on Twitter or with the Windows Central uh, uh, Gaming YouTube channel. Uh, you will find all that in the in the show notes. All right. Uh, so yeah, Diablo yeah, Four. Right? Diablo Four. Thank you. And my camera is gone again. What is going on? IP. All right. Well, you're fiddling with that. Let, I'll get everybody up to speed on Diablo Four. So yeah, as you touched on, there's been some some rumors and speculation out in the wild courtesy of folks like uh, Special Nick of Xbox Era and Jez Corden of Windows Central, basically saying that Diablo 4 is coming in April of 2023. Um, so they've pointed to some sources that they've talked to. They've pointed to some, some documents and texts that they've seen that suggest that potentially Diablo 4 is dropping in April. And I will say that that seems kind of in line with what I was expecting. I believe the initial targets were actually this holiday season. I think if everything had gone according to plan, yeah. that would have been the goal. That would have been the launch date. But obviously, things are in in flex across the board. All publishers, all developers. You know that's why we're not getting dates as far out anymore because you can't really commit to dates that far out anymore. Just yeah, a lot of variables. And so Diablo Four reportedly rumored is rumored to come out on April twenty third, April twenty twenty three. That being said, after Jez Corden put out this report, Mike Yabara of Blizzard put out a tweet that said, don't believe everything you read. And that was it. <laughs> so I don't know if he's throwing shade at Jez and that that report there, but um, Mike Because Yabara's, it's earlier. That's, yeah, that's the dream. You know? <laughs> Let's Q1, baby. Let's go. But then we have the whole Activision Blizzard situation. And if it's exactly. earlier, maybe the deal's not closed. And then maybe it's not coming in Game Pass. Because exactly. that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants that big, juicy Game Pass launch. Oh, so yeah. that's kind of where we're at. The situation is Diablo 4 could potentially come in April. But I think regardless, it's safe to say that Diablo 4 is coming the first half of next year. Mm. I I agree. Uh, I mean, the 
the April release date, yeah, it, it could hit. We hit from from I've I've talked to a couple of people who actually played the beta. Um and they said it they all said it independently, it it's already in a very polished state. There were not really that many issues that they encountered in the closed beta. Um, apparently, also an open beta is coming, by the way. Also part of the rumors um, that uh, the pre-orders will get a, an open beta in in uh, in February. So, but I'm I'm with you, Miles. I do have the feeling that they might. Do Do you think it's a potential that they might hold off Diablo for a month or two just to to close the deal and then sweeten that in, uh, announcement of yeah we, we we are now one family and by the way here's Diablo day one in Game Pass and PC here's what I'll say I would say don't expect it to launch in Game Pass that way if it does it'll be a nice surprise mm. but I'm anticipating that I might have to pay $70 for Diablo 4 that's where <laughs> I'm at I'm mentally yeah. prepared to pay $70 for Diablo 4 but a Game Pass drop would be great. I'm I'm so grateful that it potentially is coming past February or March because due to fiscal years closing, everybody yeah. in the world says, okay, we're going to dump all of our biggest games in February and March. And then it's just yeah. this cluster of all these huge games we all want to play and we all have to try to shell out hundreds of dollars or pick and choose the games we want to play. <laughs> and I just... I just I implore, I beg publishers, please space it out. Don't do that to us. It does. You don't have to compete like that head to head. I understand that you have your goals, you have your deadlines, but please spread it out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think some of them will. There will be games that will just slip uh, in the second half or back half of 2023. Um, we, we've talked about this, I think, last week or two weeks ago, Dutch, when... I said, I feel like Forza is such a candidate that will not hit that uh, like first half of 2023 window. Um, but yeah, what do you think about Diablo? My, do, do, do you think that, that they might want to use that as, an, as a, well, day one game for the announcement of uh, the, the ABK acquisition? You would you would think they could. Um, I don't know who's got the marketing rights currently on it, which of course naturally would be potentially one of the only stumbling blocks. Um, but I wouldn't imagine it would be PlayStation that has Diablo's marketing rights. I don't think that would be an mm. issue. If anybody had the marketing rights, it would be someone on PC like Epic or um, Steam or something like that. Yeah. I believe it's um, appeared in a couple Xbox shows so far. Not to say that yeah. they have marketing rights because that stuff is yeah. complicated, but it has shown up on Xbox's stage a few times. Um, yeah. Yeah. Indeed. So it, as I would say that aside, marketing rights aside, and who, who has that, um, there's no reason why they couldn't, I suppose. Mm. Um, whether they choose to delay it for that reason, I don't know, or whether or not they just drop it in Game Pass regardless of whether or not it goes through. Um, because of increased kind of relationship um, between the two, so um, we'll see. We'll see. We can yeah. we can live in hope because the beginning part of next year is packed Crazy. full of games. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. <laughs> and especially the like we get, the, the big better. games. You know, it's yep. it's like you don't. We won't get these games that you will finish in ten to fifteen hours. We have like Hogwarts Legacy, which will be a massive, massive game. Yeah, Wolong, massive game. Um, of course, Diablo Starfield. Uh, 
hundreds of hours of, of gameplay right there. Age right. of Empires, the console release, and so on. So yeah, it, it's big times. Um, uh, big games, big not big times. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting to see. Um, but besides Diablo, there there was a little bit of talk about a game that I'm also very excited, but I feel it's not a 23 game. <laughs> and that is Mass Effect. Have you guys seen that um, the other day? Well, let me bring everyone up to speed. Like we had N7 Day, of course, uh, a couple of days ago. Um, and BioWare released a cryptic teaser for Mass Effect 4, and they put out a few statements about the game. They said that the game's pre-production is going very well, and I want to quote now, since we last spoke about the next Mass Effect game, pre-production development has been proceeding very well. The team compri comprised of Mass Effect franchise veterans, as well as some amazing new additions to BioWare, has grown steadily, and we can't wait to show you more. So, uh, kind of sounds like some of the old uh, developers are still working uh, on the IP, and we get some, uh, and the pre-production is going well. So, where's your excitement level for for Mass Effect, and when do you think we will finally see the game, and when should we expect the game? I want to let's go to our guest first, of course. <laughs> Oof. Um, okay, so yeah, infamously, I'm not the biggest Mass Effect fan, so I'll I'll, I'll start Ooh. there. I don't have a problem with the franchise. It's Where is not... the kick out button here? Exactly. I, you know, it's a cardinal <laughs> sin. I get roasted for it every time I mention it. I think it's fine. Okay, I think it's a fine franchise. I love that people love it, but I've just I've tried. I've tried a few times. Haven't really connected with the franchise. So my hype levels for Mass Effect Four, I will say, are, are pretty much nothing. But <laughs> <laughs> that being said, it is nice to know that things are moving along because when this was revealed, it was that weird just this exists. Ma yes. Mass Effect, a new one. It's it's happening and we're getting more and more of those. And when you get one of those, you it's safe to say that like pre-production maybe hasn't even begun yet. Like mm. somebody just gave it the green light, so we're going to announce it. So that makes me feel like Mass Effect 4 is maybe 2 years off. Maybe we'll see gameplay for it in 2020 late 2023 2024 is kind of what i would expect based on the fact that they're talking about pre-production based on the fact that they're talking about these teases uh we still have a, a little road to get the mass effect but i want to see bioware land just an just an undeniable hit because they've come off the back of mass effect andromeda and anthem yeah. and so their recent history hasn't been great and it's shaken the confidence of a lot of fans and a lot of the, the key people have left. So now there's all these question marks about the future and the quality of the studio. So I really want Mass Effect and the new Dragon Age to come out and just and just be hits and really yeah. deliver for fans because those franchises, as much as I don't really love Mass Effect, people love Mass Effect. People talk about Mass yeah, Effect. I do. Two in I particular. think it's one of the best, best trilogies ever made. Yeah, um, exactly. People fight about whether Mass Effect 1 or 2 is the greatest game of well, all time. Well, that's no fight. So. That's obviously 2. So, so <laughs> I have no horse in that race. But yeah, I I, I agree. I'll, Mass Effect 2 is better. But um, <sighs> so I, I just want this to come out however long it takes and be something that doesn't have that baggage connected to it. Because you have people who, you know, said they liked Anthem and said they liked Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. But there was so much negative noise surrounding it. Whether you liked it or not, there was just so much negativity yeah. surrounding those projects. And I want them to have that that unquestionable hit. And so mm. 
like I said, probably 2024 five ish is what I'm expecting. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping about that as well. But then they said, well, they are going to show Dragon Age this year and give us a full game reveal this year. And so far, we haven't seen anything. So if it's not going to happen at the Game Awards, I, which I kind of doubt. Um, ah, do you think, Dutch? Maybe. You think? Yeah, yeah, there's a good chance. There's a good chance. I think, of course, we always talk about Game Awards when it comes to first party, but third party yeah. are always there in force as well. So yeah, there's a huge chance. And if if they've kind of mentioned that you might see something this year, that is the only big stage left to show a game off. Um, yeah. We know Jeff has pulled some pretty big surprises off in recent years, of course, Obviously, prominently, we had this the launch of the Series X essentially on yeah. on screen and Hellblade's both gameplay and unveiling of the of the sequel. Perfect so, Dark perfect was also dark. yeah yeah so, shown there. Yeah, absolutely. Could it it could be it could be announced or shown off there? Um, I am I am absolutely um, with Miles though. I'm not a big Mass Effect fan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh no. where do I get these <laughs> the gamers? <laughs> the Mass Effect fans are going to blow this chat and comment section up. Yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. I've been, I've much like Miles, I've attempted on many occasions to try and get into them. My best friend's a huge Mass Effect fan. I'm a game share buddy with him as well. So when the game came out, he wanted the the new remastered trilogy, so that's on there, and I've tried to play that as well. Even I still can't really get it. I think it was just I knew how many hours he put into it, and thinking I just don't have time for that. <laughs> mm. Like when you already know how big the game is before you get into it, and I'm just like, nah. And I wasn't really like enjoying it to that extent anyway to know that I've got to put that much time in. Um, and then of course I tried Mass Effect Andromeda um, when that originally launched and. I think I played maybe a good 15, 20 hours on that uh, and then just put it down and never picked it back up again. Um, so I'm excited to know that they, they're giving the franchise another shot after Andromeda because that was uh, not Actually, I think it, it wasn't too bad. Uh, who said it in chat as well? They think it was Doom Reaper. Uh, Andromeda wasn't a bad game. It was just not on the same level like the trilogy. Yeah. But exactly. if if you try to, to to play it on its own, it's a it's still a good game. Um, yeah, but when you compare it to the previous work, it just didn't live up to yeah. should we say expectations for what would have been their first big Mass Effect in a, a considerable amount of time. Yeah, um, and it just didn't live up to it. So, and that's unfortunate. But again, like Miles said, I'm I'm glad that they're going back to it, and hopefully this one this time lives up to fan expectations yeah 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 i hope so too i hope so too and and let's hope that your statement about dragon age is uh, uh is also true because we know that game will come first um yeah and yeah ea at the beginning of the year in i think it was in january or february they promised uh, that they're gonna show the game this year with a full reveal so yeah there's basically only the game awards left and the Game Awards will be interesting this year, honestly. Yep. Uh, but what are your expectations? I don't, 
Don't want to make it a too big topic, but uh, Miles, what do you think Xbox might show at the at the Game Awards? They really used that stage over the last years. What will Xbox show at the Game Awards 2022? That's a that's a really good question because mm -hmm. a lot of people coming off the back of this year, a lot of Xbox fans, I would say, I think it's safe yeah. to say, were very disappointed by the output of xbox in 2022 yeah they don't really have much to write home about grounded loved it one of my favorite survival games of all time i was Absolutely. so surprised i played that game when it came out in in early access uh, and that wasn't for me like i put it down after two hours and now i love it i build amazing forts i it's just fantastic um yeah it's like for me i love the the concept immediately as soon as i got yeah. my hands on it even though it was content light i've played through everything that grounded has had to offer in early access several times every time there's a big new update my wife and i we would go through and we'd replay through the entire bit of what was there so i'm stoked that it's out i'm stoked that more people can get that story mm. that they wanted because i think that was the big thing missing for a lot of players is the the overarching story so grounded yeah. is a standout but when we look at xbox this year at the game awards and we look at 2023 we know stuff like starfield's going to be launching in 2023 we yeah. know stuff redfall we know forza so i think it's safe to say we get a gameplay splash for one of the ones that's definitely announced that's definitely coming out in 2023 And then I would love to see an update for one of the other projects, whether it's going to be your Avowed and whether it's going to be yeah. your Fable, whatever it might be. It sounds like some of those are still a ways off. And I know people don't want to hear that, but I think the reality is that I'm not really expecting Fable next year. Um, and they announced that a while ago. And so people are like, yeah. where is Fable? What's going on? But I want some updates and some reassurance for the community on a few of those even if they aren't coming out in 2023 some sort of thing that shows <laughs> signs of life because again um people have a lot of question marks after 2022 about xbox's output so yeah i hope they manage one surprise because that's one thing that they've done consistently the last several years at the game awards is having that big surprise reveal so i'm hoping there's yeah. something that surprises fans a new announcement of some kind um, whether that's the the Kojima project, whether we see gameplay for that, whether it's a new, there's so many code names out now, so maybe yeah, the yeah. confirmation of one of those code names, <laughs> but something to get fans excited about 2023 and beyond for Xbox would would go a long way, I think. Mm, sweet, sweet. Quick guess from your side: How long has Fable been in development? I like to ask people that question because it's insane if you think about it. Yeah, it's been in development for a long time. I want to yeah. say pre-production maybe started in 2017 is what a lot yeah, of people speculate. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. The first guess, uh, uh, the first rumor we heard was from January 2017 that the IP has been given to a, a UK-based studio. And in uh, fall 2017, Playground confirmed that they work on an action RPG and build a second team for that. Um, so, yeah. Pretty good guess. Uh, Dutch, what do you think game about the Game Awards? Oh, this is this is what I'm... It, my hopes and what I think we'll see are two entirely different things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my hope... Let's go. My hope ultimately, and I think everybody knows this by now, but my hope ultimately is they've used the stage twice already for Hellblade. So why not round it off, make it a hat trick, and give us the release date um, for Hellblade 2? Um, yeah. awards. Um, 
Yeah, that would be a big one. Yeah, makes sense. You may as well just finish off the trifecta and, and get, get the release date put up on there as well. Um, of course, sampled with some maybe combat gameplay, so people can, because people, one of their biggest things that they wanted to see change was the yeah. combat. We know they've put in a lot of work into refining the combat for the next one. Um, so let's see some combat gameplay and a release date. Um, aside from that, I think the big one that a lot of people want to see, and we've spoke about it just a second ago, is Fable. Um, mm. I think a lot of people will really want to see Fable now. Um, we all trust Playground. We've had numerous people at Xbox, high ups. I think it was... Um, um, not Mikey Barra. I was going to say Mikey Barra there, but it's not. Uh, what's Matt Booty? Um, I think it was um, Phil Spencer mentioned it. Yeah. Matt Booty. Um, and also Major Nelson. Major Nelson. They've all mentioned yeah. they've seen the game. It looks amazing. They think it's ready to show, but the studio says not yet. So I think it's obviously into a position now with the hierarchy are going, this looks really good. And I really want to show yeah. this off. The studio are just going... It's not not to our fours are high standards, so we're going to wait until it's at that point and then show it. Um, but I trust, I, tr- I do trust that studio. And again, you've got certain studios in um, in in the world. Um, when you talk about Sony Santa Monica, you talk about Insomniac, you talk about um, the Playground Games team, you talk about Coalition. You know, when you see their game, it's going to look great. It's going to play great. It's going to be really well optimized. Um, so you know, you never really have any issues with those things. So it's more just a case of will this be the fable we've always wanted, and how good have they done kind of character animations and things like that. But I think the time is 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 now. I think showing off fable would be an awesome kind of round off to the to the year. Um, they're my kind of two major ones. I think as a bonus, maybe give the release date for Forza, which we're expecting in the first half of. Um, 2023 so give that release date maybe as well um, but I think those three I think would be a good round off two release dates and a and a little gameplay segment for Fable mm. yeah I mean I'm, I'm with you on Fable it's it's kind of weird that like every executive uh, as of late mentions in their interviews Fable Phil like you said uh, Matt Booty um Rachel Nelson, I think there was a one other someone else from Xbox mentioned it recently. So it could definitely be. We also don't know about any of the release dates. I expect them to drop at least one or two of them, like a Starfield and uh, and and maybe a Redfall announce a release date because at some point they have to announce them if they come out in the first half of the year. So uh, why not use this big stage? And that's the thing about the Game Awards. The, the Game Awards is like this stage where you get to see or where gamers that are not as invested in the Xbox ecosystem get to see Xbox stuff. Um, that's really different with like the Xbox showcase. The Xbox showcase is for Xbox fans. I, I would bet that most people that watch the Xbox live showcase are already customers and fans of the brand. But the the Game Awards is a more general audience. You have like PC gamers watch that, PlayStation fans, Nintendo's fans, uh, or just casuals watch the Game Awards. Uh, so it's like really a different audience. And that's why 
Xbox has done stuff like announce a new console, like show Hellblade gameplay, which looks just insane. Like you wanna wanna have like that wow moment. So Fable could be that. Following their tradition after announcing CGI trailers and then showing gameplay with Hellblade, they did that like two years ago. They showed um the CGI trailer or three years, three years ago, 2019. And then last year they showed gameplay. Then they also announced uh, Perfect Dark with a with an, a CGI trailer. And maybe maybe they give us a glimpse of of that now, uh, <laughs> just like they did with Hellblade. I don't know, but I think it will not be like a smaller game, a, a double A game or something. They will really bring show one of the bangers. Um, so yeah, uh, we shall see. It's only four weeks, guys. Only four mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned Phil uh, already. He talked about Fable, but he also talked about something else this week. Um, and uh, that is not... Well, it is adjacent to the Activision Blizzard <laughs> uh, discussion, but he talked about StarCraft. And I think if we ask around which IP should Xbox revive once they acquire ABK, like StarCraft will be the number one. And he talked about StarCraft. And I want to read from that interview um, and quote him. He says, not only StarCraft, uh, but also Warcraft. When you think about the heritage of RTS games that we are talking about here, specifically from Blizzard. And I don't have any concrete plans today because I can't really... Uh, get in and work with the teams, but StarCraft was a seminal moment in gaming, right? From an esports perspective, from an RTS and console perspective, and from just an RTS storytelling perspective in the genre. I'm excited about getting to sit down with the teams at Activision Blizzard and King to talk about a back catalog and opportunities we might have. So, uh, of course, Phil can't announce anything before they acquired uh, uh, ABK, but obviously he's excited about StarCraft, bringing it back. Um, so what do you guys expect? Uh, uh, like full-on reboot of the, the IP or like a remake, a remaster, something like that? Uh, Miles, let, let's hear you first. Yeah, so obviously... Blizzard and Activision in particular have a huge back catalog of stuff that's just sitting around. Unfortunately, the, the current structure of Activision Blizzard is to do as few projects as possible and just invest yeah. all of your time and resources yeah. into your Call of Duty, which, as Dutch said, that made a billion dollars. That's a guaranteed money maker, baby. Why why would we bother with StarCraft and we can just pump out Call of Duty year after year after year? So I'm excited about the possibilities of using... Because really... For me, the benefit of Game Pass when it comes to me as a player, obviously there's the value, but it opens up possibilities for smaller scale projects or experimental projects that wouldn't exist otherwise because you can't charge $70 for a a StarCraft experiment in this day and age and and assume it's going to do incredibly well because the franchise has been dormant for a long time. StarCraft 2, good Lord, when did that come out? Wait, I want to say at least 15 years 15 years? Yeah, it's been, think it's so, been a yeah. long time. It's been a long... People who are playing video games right now probably haven't even heard of StarCraft. So you have mm. to entirely rebuild that no. brand identity. So I think a good strategy would be to do like what Age of Empires did. Do some definitive editions of StarCraft mm. 1 and 2. Boom. 
Get yeah. those out on modern machines, updated. I know StarCraft II is still very playable on, on PC, but bring those to some more platforms. And then I want to see them revisit stuff like StarCraft Ghost. I want mm. What I want to see, as I touched on earlier, I'm not the biggest RTS fan, but I love the world of StarCraft. I want to see some experiments in that universe, much like we've seen with Warhammer 40K. They've done a lot of stuff yeah. that has not been an RTS that's been really good and really cool. So that's what I want to see from the Blizzard verse moving forward. Take some risks. Do some new things. Yeah. Don't try to do the same thing and make it look shinier. Really get in there and evaluate how you can experiment with this space. And I hope those are the conversations happening behind the scenes with stuff like StarCraft. Bring it back, obviously. Get, position yourself for StarCraft 3, the big official comeback. Yeah. But also, branch out. Branch out, try to pull in more players so maybe when StarCraft 3 yeah. hits, it'll be a bigger deal. Yeah, I mean, it, it still saddens me that Ghost never came out. <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, mm -hmm. it looked so good at its time. Um, and yeah, I think what you said about like the definitive editions of uh, StarCraft 1 or 2, I think those are the easy wins and the quick wins you can bring mm -hmm. to get people excited about the IP again. Because like developing a new full-on StarCraft will take like five years. And <laughs> we will see that then launch on the next-gen consoles. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely something that they could do uh, within a year or something. Uh, uh, like really, or maybe one and a half years, I don't know. But, you know, like a quicker a quicker win uh, and and excitement for the ip Dutch, what do you think what what they might do with 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 starcraft yeah i mean they, they could go for i would say quick wins but it would still take mm. them a good year to get it done um but do maybe a remaster of the previous one to kind of get people back on the wagon um or or looking at what the game's about um with an announcement alongside it that of course, the bringing back a, a reboot of StarCraft franchise as opposed to StarCraft 3. Like you said, kind of just the will have to start from scratch. It's been that long. Um, yeah. It, there is the, the fan base that was on StarCraft have all fractured off and went elsewhere now. So you need to rebuild that brand. You need to rebuild the fan base again. Um, so now's a better time. Well, better time than now anyway to, to start from scratch, reboot the game entirely. Um, and create something truly special for for the fans. Um, yeah, it's uh, but uh, from from the whole um, the whole deal anyway with with the acquisition. I've, we've said it from from start. You've got everybody working on Call of Duty. It's going to be yeah. nice to see toys for Bob work on new things and get them working on Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and things again. Get them working on um, awesome crossovers and. and titles with um uh banjo kazooie and things like that like you've got these awesome xbox kind of um, family friendly games that the ips that i haven't been able to use for years or do anything with and now you've got toys for bob who did such a great work tony on... hawk man yeah you need to bring back tony hawk, tony hawk again yeah <laughs> in the right well, way <laughs> and, the, and the remaster of one and two yeah. was was really well done um really really good oh and yeah one of the kind of benefits in in the remaster was the fact that it was instead of like you're stumbling about is when you fell off the board you just like up, up like appeared back on it yeah you kind of just fuzzed back on it was much quicker to get it back into the game and didn't waste your times yeah. um that you had for kind of timed runs and things so they did a great job with that um 
again, it's unfortunate that the, the way that a lot of the studios are being run there is just you're all working on Call of Duty because that's the one that makes money. So um, yeah. it's kind of drained them of all, should we say, um, creativity. And uh, I'm just looking forward to getting all them studios being creative again and having fun and working on cool games that they want to work on again. And maybe Xbox go to these studios and go, look, this is a whole bunch of IPs. We want you to kind of have a good brainstorm in the studio and decide which of these IPs you want to go for because there's a lot. Or do you want to create something new, like Toys for Barber? Like I say, they've done a great job on Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and things like that. So yeah. give a whole boatload of IPs. Say, okay, you've got Crash, you've got Spyro, but you've also got Banjo-Kazooie. You've got this and this and this and this. What do you want to do? Or do you want to do them all? Do you want to do some yeah. weird map fighter? Or some weird new card <laughs> game that you want to create by yourself for a change? Or, you know, have fun. Um, but, I'm, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing the studios be a little bit more, mm. let their creative reins go Creative again, again. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, uh, Call of Duty is the thing that makes the money, and, and maybe we use that as a segue, because Modern Warfare 2 topped $1 billion uh, in sales in 10 days. Uh, so it's the uh, most successful um, Call of Duty to date. Uh, like a billion dollars in 10 days, guys. That's insane. Uh, and that's without microtransactions. That's without any yeah. skins you can buy yet. That's yeah. without the season pass being launched until next week. That's yeah. like, <laughs> that's an it's insane crazy. amount of money made from literally the base game. Indeed, indeed. So that's really crazy. And we heard uh, a while ago that next year we won't get a proper Call of Duty. Of course, we will get Warzone 2 next week, uh, next week, next year. Uh, but um, yeah, that we won't get a proper full Call of Duty game. Um, but this week, Activision has actually confirmed that uh, a full premium <laughs> Call of Duty release is, is planned for 2023. Um, and they said Activision is looking forward to building on its current momentum in 2023 with plans for next year, including the most robust Call of Duty live operations today, the next full premium re release in the blockbuster annual series, and even more engaging free-to-play experience across the platform. And then there's this other guy on, on Twitter, um, <laughs> Jason uh, Schreier. Uh, I wasn't able to read the full tweet because for some <laughs> reason I'm, I don't know why I'm blocked. Honestly, I I oh, never you're ever blocked club. You still oh, there stirring yeah. the pot? Yeah, 100%. I swear to you, I've never ever commented on anything with him, not once, and that alone I have never. I hope I have never insulted anyone on Twitter. Uh, I, if, if people piss me off, I just ignore them. I don't, like, get into fights on Twitter or anything. But for some reason, I'm blocked. Uh, he's probably got its reasons. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yes, but yes, this uh, I was going to say he's, he does um, block trees. So if you're associated with somebody, he's blocked. You mm. usually get blocked along with them. That could be. That, of course, could be. I, I, are you blocked? 
Oh yeah, God yeah, I've been blocked for about two years. Um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so you, far not blocked. No, you're not blocked. So you probably uh, or was you were able to read his uh, official uh, tweet uh, where he actually claimed that it's not gonna be a, a standalone game next year in Call of Duty. It's gonna be a premium DLC. Ooh. Whatever that uh, is supposed to be. So yeah, what what do you think? Um, Uh, oh, by the get... way, stuff. Sean says in chat, I he I insult him all the time. Yeah, that's just because you get, don't get your lighting right in your streams, dude. <laughs> all right, but uh, yeah, Miles, the Call of Duty next year. Will we see like a premium DLC, a full release? What do you make of this? Jason seems to be very convinced that it's not a full game release. Yeah, we're in a time where it's it's getting harder and harder to maintain the Call of Duty machine. The annual mm. Call of Duty, as we've seen with like Vanguard and some of the yeah. like Black Ops 4 cutting campaign last minute, they're even with all of their teams, even with every team possible working on Call of Duty, it's hard to maintain that. Once a year, that's a that's a brutal brutal timeline to release a AAA game. So, we've heard Microsoft talk about post acquisition if if this all goes through that they're going to move away from that and i think that's the smart move you don't have to put out a new mainline entry every year you don't have to but also yeah call of duty made a billion dollars so they want to have some <laughs> exactly. sort of way to keep that yeah. money going so here's here's what they're going to do modern war call of duty modern warfare 2 colon 2 mm? mm. Uh, and it's just, mm. <laughs> see what <laughs> you gonna, did there <laughs> it's just gonna be uh i'm curious are they gonna paywall maps are they gonna paywall content if it's gonna be an upgrade and a premium experience we've seen so many companies companies move away from map packs because it separates the player base yeah i guess i'll pose a question to you guys and the chat what would what upgrade to you would justify 60 70 bucks If this is just going to be a, an upgrade, an enhancement, a little supplemental pack, what is going to have you pull out that wallet and say, here's $60? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I think single player content is always important. We've seen Call of Duty tried it. We've seen Battlefield tried it. And it, those entries were just not successful. So I feel like some sort of single player uh, content is definitely necessary um yeah and it should not have less content than the game base game that launched this year uh, in terms of the amount of maps and modes and so what do you think dutch yeah i'm, I'm under the impression that it's the because obviously we had the the well rumored um there is no main game next year um and they're going yeah. to instead do a campaign expansion so of course uh, kind of a continue the story that you had in this one and of course if you watch the end or at least when you when you get to the end of the story you know of course that it's not quite the end of of where that went mm. um so they're obviously going to do that paid expansion there was a few of the missions from the original that they've kind of teased in coming back like no russian for instance um doing that one again and of mm. course we know circumstances at the moment that might be a bit more tricky to, <laughs> to, to try yeah. and navigate to get out um but they're definitely working on it so um and that was the kind of teaser so the, what that no russian teaser that you've seen 
floating around Twitter was actually the end of the game. It was one of the post credit scenes where mm-hmm. it dunks the phone into the the uh, the drink on the plane, and you just see the words "no Russian" on there. Um, so that was one of the post credit scenes. But again, we're looking at um, definitely expansion for the the campaign next year. I think that's going to be the premium. Um, Call of Duty don't pay all maps. What they do is just pay all all the skins and guns, mm. level ups and things like that. So there's going to be a, an abundance of things like that coming out um, over the Indeed. next year. Um, Warzone Two does you you were right the first time. Warzone Two does release next week, along with the season one. Um, it does. It does. Yeah. Al Mazra is the map. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've got an abundance of things already releasing next week, um, but they will continue, I think, to support this with an abundance of maps as well. Yeah. We've already seen um, a lot of the classic Modern Warfare Two maps um, have been like from all these different Call of Duty specific kind of Intel websites and things like that that do their data mining and stuff. Um, there's been a lot of um, of the historic. Modern Warfare 2 maps um, confirmed and rumoured um, to come out again. So we know they've got a lot of maps lined up for next year. So yeah, um, I don't think they'll pay wall any maps behind it. Um, but we know they, they make countless amounts of money specifically yeah. just on the, um, the weapons and things like that. So I think you might have some special weapons, some special skins, things like that locked behind a pay wall. But I think that's about it. I do have my own theory. I will put that out in a second, but I briefly want to read a super chat coming from John TJ. Thank you so much for the $5. He says, Victorious Vision is a remaster studio in Activision. They can bring back Vigilante V8. Um, yeah, man. I haven't heard uh, that game in a while, but uh, that would definitely be something that uh, that needs to be remastered because it was fantastic back in the days. I think I played that, if I remember correctly, on the N64. So <laughs> it's it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, about Call of Duty, I think Jason might be right in the sense that that was a plan at some point. But with the success of Modern Warfare 2, I don't think that anything you can put out as a DLC has the same oomph like a full release. And when you ride on a success wave like this uh, year with Modern Warfare 2, you definitely want to continue that. And so you basically, even though it was maybe designed as a DLC, you just slap a full release on it um, because it just it's different when you have a full Call of Duty release than whatever you name the the premium DLC. So I'm not sure um, if, they, if they're going to do that uh, or if they will just, whatever the DLC is, uh, make it a, a full new game. Um, I think so, one thing that does might, might factor into it as well is what potential discussions Microsoft and Activision have had about this for a forward plan. Um, bear it in mind, of course, that the, it's not mm. closed as yet, but should it, closed in time it's an interesting question man do you think that they already do like Mm. i don't know behind the door strategic discussions or do you think they will play it safe because you know that when 
stuff like that leaks, that they do that before they are officially part of the company, uh, that this will be, nope. will make the acquisition at least a lot harder. Yeah, I think they'll have off the record discussions. Absolutely. Um, there's mm. certain main actual meetings you'll have, but off the record discussions, there'll be a lot of those, a lot. That won't be mm. um, meetings with minutes, should we say, which is the easiest way to describe them. Yeah. Meetings with minutes are on, on the record and kind of everybody and um, everybody kind of pays attention to them. They're recorded. Of course, if you've got, depending on if your meeting's face to face, you'll have somebody taking those minutes down uh, otherwise you'll have video conference calls which are recorded conference calls so they can mm. obviously go back to those and those are detailed but i think with a deal like this they will have off the record discussions and plans with each other of course you would have had those discussions and plans prior to acquiring each other or acquiring the other company because of course mm. one of the purposes of those discussions initial discussions is how are we going to what we're going to do going forwards with each other? What is the purpose of this merger? Um, and what are our goals um, that we both want to achieve together going forward? Um, as with any merger, that's what a company wants to hear, including the, the, the current bosses at Activision Blizzard. They want to say, okay, well, what are we going to be doing going forward? And if we are acquired by Microsoft, what's going to be happening? Um, X, Y, and Z, which is why you've also seen um, Phil Spencer speak about all these IPs that he wants to bring back because those are very much in yeah. his thoughts and those are very much discussions he'll have had with the teams there as well. And just like, I'm really looking forward to working with you guys. Like I hope we can work on these IPs and things like that. So yeah, mm. like behind closed doors off the record discussions, there'll be a lot of those. So I think they've got, should we say um, contingency plans? If it goes ahead, then this is what we'll do. If it doesn't, then you can stick to your own format and do your own thing. But I think Microsoft mm. really want to get away from that annual yeah. release um and give oh, the team uh, no doubt i i think they will also develop that more in a like ongoing live service game and then like Agreed. i don't know every three years or so you have like that single player campaign as a proper full release or something yeah. um and yeah. the multiplayer will be like uh, i agree the multiplayer will go uh in line with a fortnight or something in order to mm -hmm. combat fortnight they'll they'll make sure there's a good rotation of maps in there they'll make sure there's big events as mm -hmm. we've seen with the previous Warzone, Kong versus Godzilla, and you had um, for Halloween a few uh, the other year, you had that um, that Halloween event in Warzone. So I think they'll they're gonna kind of, I think going forward anyway, the likes of Warzone and the multiplayer segment of Call of Duty could be um, a free to play segment. Um, that is, but I wouldn't put it past them still tying that to the single player. So that you have to get the single player in order to get access to yeah. certain parts of the multiplayer. Um, but Warzone, of course, will remain completely free. Um, but I I agree on the live service part of the multiplayer. I absolutely yeah. think Microsoft will have that in mind. Miles, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it gets tricky because Microsoft legally can't influence the business exactly, of Activision yeah. Blizzard. So they, I absolutely believe they're having conversations about what this could mean, what we could yeah. potentially do. And I think that's the way they talk about IP and talk about the future of Call of Duty. But right yeah. now, there's not going to be any world where Microsoft is directly influencing like, okay, guys, get this set up. So when we we take over, um, that's already ready to go. Those kind of mm -hmm. things, it's, it's so delicate. Maybe there are things happening behind the scenes to get that in order. But I think that's more to 
probably appease the shareholders than it is to, you know, yeah, bow to Microsoft's whim or whatever the case might be. <laughs> um, because, yeah, this deal is already under so much scrutiny. And if there was any Indeed. sort of anything to amplify that, like Microsoft is already, I think, stressed about the, the likelihood of this deal going through. Obviously, Indeed. it means a lot for their business if it does. But if it doesn't, they still they lose billions of dollars. So yeah. they get nothing. And loyal costs alone, man. Billions. Yeah, and they're <laughs> yeah. shelling out big money for some of the most premier lawyers that exist yeah. on this. So it's there's a lot going into it. And I see Indeed. people saying like, okay, once the deal goes goes through, they flip a switch, and then all these games are going to be in Game Pass. That's mm. that's not quite how it works. They, they yeah. need once that deal goes through. They can sit down and say, all right, what's the logistics of bringing all of these games to Game Pass? Yeah. Those conversations legally can't happen. I, d I don't know whether or not they're happening in some capacity, but legally you can't say like, we're going to do this because yeah. you don't own that company yet. So I, I agree. Yeah. And I think they will be careful, really careful, because when something like this leaks, like you said, it will make the, the approval process uh, so much harder. Yeah. Uh, please, I cut you off. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that, that was pretty much it. Pretty much yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, let's use this as a segue into the next topic, guys, because um, we got some updates on the on the um, Activision Blizzard scrutiny from the regulators. Uh, we, uh, and this time from Europe. Um, Europe announced that they launch an in-depth probe uh, of the Microsoft and Blizzard acquisition. Uh, um, so here's what the, the EU had to say. The commission is concerned that the proposed acquisition may reduce competition in the markets for distribution of consoles and personal computers, video games, and for PC operating systems. Um, the European Commission has now 90 working days until March 23rd, 23, of course, to make a final ruling on the deal. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's, we, we all, at some point early this year, we hoped like, yeah, towards the end of the very early next year, we, we're going to see the deal finalized. Now we've seen, of course, what happened in the UK with the CMA. They also have the deadline in, uh, end of March. Uh, the European Union has the deadline now in March. Um, so yeah, it, it will take a little bit longer than we all hope for, um, but yeah, Miles, how do you feel about the ABK deal? Is it gonna get go through, or will the EU, the UK, who knows, the FTC in the US, um, put put a bar behind this uh, and, and cancel the deal? Yeah, that's that's the burning question, and it's been yeah, the burning question for God an entire like year, an, an eternity. We're gonna yeah. be talking about this until we're forty five years old. It feels like indeed. Um, I am really curious to see how this all plays out. I think initially Microsoft expected it to take until next year because that's what they came out and said. They said they were expecting the deal to close in 2023. So I think they were prepared for the scrutiny. And I'm not honestly that surprised that there is scrutiny from certain markets, especially foreign markets, because there's been a lot of big tech on the in you in the US that have just kind of been yeah. able to to run rampant in a lot of ways and 
sure, it's different sectors than gaming. And sure, us who have Xbox Game Pass just want all these games in Xbox Game Pass. So we want the deal to go through for those reasons. Um, and we want the deal to go through for the reasons that maybe these beloved IP and franchises that we haven't been able return. to get might return. Yeah. So there's a lot of good, exciting reasons that we want this deal to go through. But if you're another country looking at your Facebooks, looking at your Microsofts, looking at all these gargantuan companies in the U.S. who are just buying up everything, um, I understand why they want to make sure that, you know, this is all by the books and this is going to be a net positive for for customers. And I think yeah. really why it's under so much scrutiny and why it's going to take longer is because we've never had a deal like this in the gaming space. And the gaming yeah. space, relatively speaking, is newer. And so a lot of these people are getting up to speed on all of these platforms, all of these ecosystems. And I don't use ignorance as like an insult to any of these people. They just are really taking the time to get up to speed to make sure that they aren't making casual decisions. Because the reality is Microsoft, if they wanted to, if this deal went through without any sort of scrutiny or whatever, they could theoretically make all of these titles exclusive they could theoretically mm -hmm. put all of these titles in xbox game pass and they could theoretically position xbox game pass specifically to be this subscription service that nobody can compete with really yeah. bundle that with the cloud gaming where we saw google a tech a tech giant who has <laughs> come out and basically had to throw in the towel with their game streaming service and so you know there's legitimate criticism of how they handle that entire business model so I don't want to say that, you know, it's it's one to one. I mean, it was but, like last effort, if we're yeah. honest. On but now side. we're in yeah. a position where Google could come out and say, well, if we can't compete, how can anyone else compete? And that's, again, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's what they'll do, but they have the, the means to do that. And there would be a compelling argument for regulators in that sense. Because if, if Google, who is this giant, can't actually compete with Microsoft's cloud streaming, then who can? And so that's where these conversations come into play. And there's going to be a lot of people getting up to speed on how all of these markets operate. PlayStation Plus versus Xbox Game Pass, exclusivity mm. arrangements, timed or full, and what that means, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of stuff that we know day to day because we talk about it every single day that they're, are, they're getting up to speed with. So I'm not surprised that this is being scrutinized by the CMA or the EU. And I'm not surprised that it's going into 2023 but now it's coming to the point where I think it's still more likely than not that this deal will go through. But I think, you know, more and more, it seems like maybe this deal won't won't go through in some capacity. I'm still of the mindset that I don't think based on the current landscape of the industry that this is a genuine concern. But the implications for what it means for the future, I think, might have some people skeptical about it. So yeah. I don't know. I'm of the camp that I think it still will go through, but um, it's it's getting more like 60-40 in my eyes. <laughs> I, I also feel like the deal will still go through, but there will be something weird attached to it. I have the feeling like one of these regulators, I don't know, the CMA in the UK or someone will just, yeah, put, put some weird thing um as an as a you know uh, attachment to the deal so dutch what do you think about the e eu and the timeline of course uh now we hear 23rd of march uh, is when the eu is gonna make the decision or um how do you feel about the deal 
<laughs> How do I feel about the deal? I'm sick of it. No, I'm just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Can't blame you, dude. Can't blame you. Things, but, um, <laughs> the... It, it's expected. It's a, this, the size of the deal is the, one of the largest transactions in in takeover history. Never mind just tech. Um, Seventy billion is a significant amount for any company to be buying of anything. Um, so of course it's going to go under increased scrutiny. It, I, we we would have been more surprised if they just let this thing sail through without increased scrutiny. And I think there would have been more challenges from the governments worldwide. If they had have just let it go without further scrutiny, mm. it would have been more like I think the governments would then have got involved and said, Wait, "What? Like you yeah. didn't scrutinize that at all? It's like a really large transaction that affects a lot of people." Um, so it is, of course, it needs um, increased scrutiny. Phase one for anybody who kind of isn't aware of what phase one is, it's kind of the just the basic inquiry stage. It's getting a good understanding of the deal and who it affects and to what effect, and and does this propose a potential. Um, to harm either the competition or the marketplace. Um, and even if it is a minor potential, um, that is warranted enough to take it to phase two. Um, so, of course, this deal has the potential to harm competition. Um, will it harm competition? It's extremely unlikely. Outside of the monetal terms, um, only one company is going to be affected by this. And a Possibly another company is going to positively benefit from this, and that would be Nintendo, because Phil Spencer the other day mentioned his intentions to bring Call of Duty back to Nintendo. Of course, we haven't seen that on there since the Wii. Um, mm. So it's been a significant amount of time since we've had a Call of Duty on, on a Nintendo platform. Having that on Switch, I think, for them as well, would be a huge money spinner, um, massive money spinner to get that franchise back on Nintendo. And we know they've... Nintendo have eased off a little bit on the type of content that they could put on their console again. Um, a long time ago, it was kind of strictly family-oriented games yeah. and things like that now, but that marketplace is full of horror games. and I mean, Doom is now on the Switch, Doom yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. So um, they'll have no problem putting Call of Duty on there these mm. days. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a, as much as Sony might, might lose... A couple of customers. Nintendo will gain more customers. There's going to be more more players on Call of Duty than ever before, with another another kind of platform added to the the list of places to play. Um, the so the the scrutiny is warranted, but there is positives and negatives to this deal. Um, ultimately, the negatives will be outweighed by the the positives. I think um, both from a um, uh, we have to look not just on the consumer, but from a staffing point of view. Um, it's going to be better working conditions for the staff. Uh, Microsoft, yet again this year, have been named in the top five best places to work in the world. Um, so it is, of course, still a, a huge business and a great business to work for. Um, they've they've had their own um, mega changes internally um, since kind of... Phil Spencer took over and even just before that on on getting their workplace inclusivity and uh, and everything like that and their culture in order because, of course, Microsoft weren't squeaky clean. They had their fair share of problems and, and issues that they had ironed out mm -hmm. as well for discrimination uh, and things like that. So um, they are, like, like I say, up there now, and I think that's going to be a massive positive effect for 
all of the the working conditions and and yeah. the um the health the mental health for all the staff at uh, uh Blizz. so yeah um i think when they weigh up the 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 pros and the cons of this deal and how it affects the overall landscape and and things like that uh, it's it's going to go through fine um even I was going to say the UK is the the one that I've, I'm, I'm more confident on now. <laughs> the reason I say that uh, is there was a bit of news that came out today, actually, um, completely separate market altogether. But it just shows how what the what the UK is like for scrutinising things at the moment. Um, so a, a very large energy supplier um, went into administration um, last year. Um, 1.5 million customers, of course, are now without a supplier. Um, the government themselves allocated a supplier to take over. Um, we got news, and that was obviously that's been going on for a while. So the government themselves have allocated the supplier to take over those customers following the collapse of that company. Um, and the news today is that is now going to further scrutinization to ensure that that is fair for the market. <laughs> yeah. Themselves as, as applied that particular supplier. Um, that's, also being scrutinized so okay i have got full confidence now that the uk will be okay because i think it is just sheer due diligence that they're going through <laughs> this practice just to double check that everything will be okay um yeah yeah it's i think the we've mentioned this before as well boxy but um the the, e, the eu and the uk were pretty much on par with the way that they think and the way that they act Act, uh, open yeah. until before Brexit, and I think they're still kind of on the same um, wavelength as to how they operate and how they come to the conclusions. So I think we'll see, and we've seen some really strange comments from the EU as well, mind, specifically yeah. with regards to operating systems. Like that one made no sense, but we've we've seen them both make some very strange comments that don't really much make much sense as to how it would affect the overall landscape. But um yeah, grand scheme of things, I think it's still going through. I think it's I'm a little bit little bit higher than than uh, Miles. I'm going I'm still 75, <laughs> 75 to twenty five. Seventy five. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I love that prediction, man. Uh let me briefly say a big thank you to Tron TJ, super generous uh, uh community member here. Uh, again, he says they can port over World of Warcraft and they can remake brute force and prototype. Yeah, man, especially World of Warcraft will be very interesting to see. Um, if they will put that in Game Pass or not, and how they will handle those, well, subscriptions. Um, that that will be an interesting one. Let's stay on, on Xbox uh, for, for a bit. Miles, there's this weird news outlet called Windows Central Gaming or something. Um, and they put up... Uh, an article this week <laughs> that I want to use uh, as a starting point for the discussion. And that is that Xbox is apparently investigating if they want to consider letting players reduce game performance to save energy. Um, there's a, a survey currently going around uh, on the Xbox Insider app uh, that asks players about energy efficiency uh, where they want to investigate that. Um, so what do you think about this? Uh, do you want to, on your Xbox, like, you know, that energy saving uh, mode instead of the performance mode that will give you now 30 FPS at 1080p uh, to save some energy? 
you know, it's it's really interesting. It's a nice option, I think, because I'm, you know, my wife and I were very we're very eco conscious. We've been making a mm-hmm. lot of decisions at home with, you know, reducing our reusable stuff and eliminating disposable things where we can, and you know, trying to do our little part. And you know, if this isn't another option to do that, where where it makes sense, um, I think it is a great option, as we've seen with a lot of gamers, if you will. Um, yeah. They want that performance. They want that raw power, and and so I don't I don't know that a ton of players will opt in to use it, but you know it looks good. Probably is a tax write off if we're being honest here. Uh, mm. <laughs> but ultimately, it is cool. It is cool that people care because the reality is, as much as you know, my wife and I have changed the way we live and the change changed the way that we do things. A lot of companies haven't. A lot of companies haven't changed, and so my fundamental life changes are being absolutely overshadowed by these companies who don't care. All of the crypto miners, all of those crypto (laughs) bros out there just with 50 graphics cards running 24 seven are absolutely destroying any, any hope of me making a difference. So (laughs) I hold a lot of these companies very accountable when it comes to these sort of things, because they are the ones who can realistically make the most impact. They are the ones fundamentally who are drawing the most power, producing the most waste, especially compared to my household with just my wife and I and our pets. So it is a nice option. I do applaud Microsoft's commitment to making that a part of their business, switching the plastic that they use for their controllers to make it more sustainable and recycled material, material stuff like that is important. Yeah. It, it, you know, I know we don't care about it all the time and it's, it's hard to care about everything all the time, but I think we all could do a little bit better about caring more than we do about certain things. So <laughs> indeed, that's where I'm at. Will I use it? I don't know. I don't. I will see. We'll see how dramatic, you know, because we've mm. had all the this game's only 30 FPS debates. What? Yeah. So if it means yeah. the difference between 60 and 30, am I going to flip the switch? I don't know. That's tough. That's a tough question. Yeah, I, I, I actually I thought about this uh, probably a little bit more than I should have, but I, I was like this week really thinking about this. Would I flip the switch? Because <laughs> much like you, Miles, uh, my wife and I, we also tried to do certain things. For instance, we got rid of our second car, and I decided to go by bike to work, like stuff like that, you know. Um, but yeah, when it comes to my gaming. I'm not sure if I would, I like, yeah, yesterday evening I I started, you know, God of War, the big OLED screen, and obviously it's not an Xbox, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, if I love the 60 FPS and I love that I have the the option to put that check mark on favor quality with performance and uh, I just, yeah, I'm not sure. What about you, Dutch? Yeah, I mean... Being someone that works in energy, it's uh, <laughs> thankfully I know the tips and tricks to to reduce to reduce overheads and things like that with it. So I get asked these questions a lot anyway in my day to day. How 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 can I do X, Y, and Z, and what's the best way to do this, this, and this? Because there's a lot of people that put out silly things. Uh, ultimately, was this will be, and it's not far off what Miles is saying with tax write off. But ultimately, companies like Microsoft, like Apple, etc., have all signed up to. Um, strict guidelines to reduce their carbon footprint worldwide by certain yeah. by a certain amount um by 2030 um of course they have to achieve those or they they have large fines imposed um 
for not achieving those targets. Um, and Microsoft have been very diligent in in actively across the board, not just Xbox, but across the board, um, looking at ways and means of reducing their, their overheads and um, looking at battery storage and looking at self-producing um, and, and renewables and things like that. So um, proactively, Microsoft are doing a lot for um, energy reduction and offering consumers to, to help lower their overheads, which will also, of course, look um it'll present them in a good light as well to those looking uh, in on them that have imposed these kind of uh, energy reductions regulation um worldwide so um they'll be saying okay microsoft not only are doing this but they're also giving consumers the ability to actually reduce kind of performances of their games in order to reduce energy consumption which means of course their products that they're selling are more perform uh, a more energy um efficient across the board and even though you've got eco yeah. mode on the consoles um we know that doesn't make a grand difference on there to be honest um, <laughs> um, yeah i it, that's also something i changed actually i always hit mine on like the standby mode so that the up, uh, uh, updates and, and stuff gets downloaded in the background i turned yeah. that off it annoyed the hell out of me for a week yeah. or so as I turned it yeah. back on. Because whenever yeah. I wanted to start a game, I had to first download something. It's, it, it's the difference is like, it's not even 100 kilowatts a year. Um, and when yeah. you calculate the kind of cost that is, it's like five, six dollars a year. Mm. Like, eh, do I want to be able to just have no hassle? Yeah. Or do I... Yeah. <laughs> Do I do I pay six dollars in a year for this extra energies? Um, I think I'll stick with the six dollars so, extra. <laughs> a colleague of mine, he he said, well, he's already playing eco friendly because he's playing on console, and he's not right. What he meant is because another guy in the discussion, uh, he was bragging about getting in like the forty eighty now, and yeah, say, that's, okay, that's you can. Pa- I'm not buying a 4090, so I'm, you know... I'm yeah, there you go. I got my streamlined Xbox Series <laughs> X over here, you know, the petite yep. power consumption. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So. And that's it. that's it. Consoles are already minor. Nintendo Switch's usage is next to nothing. Because, yeah. of course, not only is it you just recharge it and then you take it off and it's got, the, it's got power for like an hour and then you have to recharge it again. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, yeah, it's, there's, there's minimal you can do. I mean, we can all see here the way we've got our gaming setups. I usually just like to try and leave kind of big lights off and just use nice LEDs and things because they have very low energy consumption, but they also give enough light in the room for it not to be too dark. Um, so, yeah, it's it's basic stuff. If anybody really wants to, to reduce their consumption, just switch to LED lights. Um, mm-hmm. Don't have your big lights on in the winter and things if you can. Just put lamps on with LED lighting and... Or even yeah. backlighting like me and Miles have got there. That'll save you that'll save you a small fortune in itself. Simple. And your consoles are gonna heat the room up anyway, so you don't need heating. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have there you go. in my corner, never use it. Got my Xbox mm. Series X, my PC over here just blasting out heat. <laughs> <laughs> See, Tron DJ, he sends in another five star super chat. He says, I don't buy a high power console for 500 bucks to put in energy saver mode. Yeah, yeah. We we, we want that 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 uh, gaming experience uh, with with the horsepower. And yeah, you uh, buy the, the hot FPS. rod, you want to feel that horsepower, exactly. bro. 
it it is it is like it is yeah indeed indeed i'd rather say that's why i drive a kia soul you know no expectation for power what's it barely goes up hills you know (laughs) (laughs) just make sure you've got a good stiff breeze behind you (laughs) try to get some momentum before you hit it you know (laughs) (laughs) i love it uh guys um what else do I want to talk about? Uh, Halo, the big Halo update, the winter update is here. Um, three for three said the following: the winter update marks a major step forward for our game and studio, but this is just the first step of that evolution. The team is actively working on key player experience priorities across the game to address areas of feedback, and we are targeting another game update before the end of this year. Um, your support is greatly appreciated and we can't wait to turn this corner with all of you in 2023 as we look to shorter seasons, a more regular stream of content and bigger things to come. So, Miles, the winter update. Uh, I think that the, the thing I've seen people talk about most is, of course, Forge. Um, there are also two new maps, uh, a couple of other things. You think that's enough to bring, you know, the the bigger player base back to Halo, um, or will they be able to do that with the, the the other updates that they announce for the end of the year next year? I think this is a good, like they said in their blog post, a good turning point for Halo Infinite. Mm. I think for a lot of players, um, it's probably not enough to make them say, oh, I have to play Halo right now, especially when it drops the week of stuff like God of War Ragnarok and other <laughs> gargantuan games that are absorbing yeah. the conversation. That being said, laying the foundation for Forge, getting campaign co-op in, which for me, that was a huge deal. Like I was so yeah. disappointed and bummed that the game launched without campaign co-op. So I have a buddy who started playing the campaign and he's like, I'm not going to finish this without co-op i don't i just don't care so he put it down for basically a full year and so we're going to play through the campaign and he's going to beat it for the first time so i think there are going to be friends who have been waiting for that and that'll bring them back to the campaign obviously there's going to be some new battle pass stuff to play uh like i guess not a new battle pass but some progression and for the hardcore players who want something who are still playing it every single day that is cool for them um I'm just hoping that with this kickoff and this foundation, we start to build back up positive momentum for Halo. Because Halo Infinite, as we all know, I'm sick of talking about it. You're sick of hearing about it. It didn't deliver what it needed to do for year one. The, the launch was great. We are we were all stoked. Oh, the launch and the was game so called gameplay on point. Uh, one the of the best. best fe- I, the best yeah. feeling Halo. One of the best feeling yeah. first person shooters of all time everyone is very high on it and then after about a month the conversation just nose took a nosedive and everyone was so negative so negative about the monetization which i agree i wrote editorials about it i talked about it i thought the monetization was very bad very especially when you look at every other free-to-play game every other games is a service game that exists they ignored everything for some reason so they they learned some hard lessons this year and i'm hoping as we move into next year that halo infinite has more positivity surrounding it because i love halo i don't like i yeah. i'm so tired of talking about how halo's disappointing halo doesn't have this halo doesn't have that um i'm not rushing back to play it with this winter update i'm definitely going to be playing the co-op campaign 
Um, but when it comes to multiplayer, I'm hoping the next official season is is the start of what we can expect in terms of consistent updates, consistent rewarding content. Um, but I have a reason to play Halo now, which I I haven't played Halo in six months. Outside yeah, of some casual, same here. casual yeah. one-off games here and there, but I started what was it, the season two battle pass and mm -hmm. played it for a week. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm, I have plenty of other stuff to play Yeah, and it's going to be a hard sell for people like me. Again, I'm a, I'm a big halo fan. So it's not yeah. that I don't love halo. I went into this loving halo and they still haven't given me a ton of compelling reasons to play. So they're going to have to work hard to win people back, but I, I think they can. And I think this is, <sighs> really the way the, the shape the game should have launched in but yeah you live and you learn right it is it is what it is with with halo right uh i mean i i agree with everything you said i do hope that this is a turning point i do have my doubts honestly that it will matter in 23 we already talked about it we think about what car what comes out in 23 uh, Halo will be one and a half years old by the time. There's still just a lot of negativity surrounding the game, whether justified or not. Um, but uh, it's just what it is. And I'm not sure if they will be able to like bring back a big player base. Of course, there will be the hardcores playing it, uh, enjoying it, hopefully. Um, but um, there... I just don't see it uh, that, that this game will will make a turnaround in terms of like player numbers and stuff. Uh, so, but I do hope I'm wrong uh, because, well, like we said, it's it's fantastic. What do you think, um, Dutch? Yeah, I think the, the the major thing for me, obviously, outside of campaign co-op, um, I'm not in a rush to play campaign co-op either. To be fair. Um, but the major thing I would have played it if they had local split screen. Honestly, that's how yeah. I got into Halo, actually. Yeah? yeah, I remember I lived in a shared apartment at the time. And like my roommate br brought in that big black box uh, at the time. Uh, Microsoft didn't do any marketing, so we knew there's this weird console on the in the US. But yeah, no one has ever seen or played anything on it. And and then he brought that box back and then we started playing and the entire night, you know, Halo split screen is just the way to go. Uh, and ever since we played all Halos in local split screen with pizza and a box of beers. And it's just, I would love that to, to do that again with, with Halo Infinite. But yeah, man, but, but please continue. Yeah, so for, for me anyway, it wasn't about the, the co-op. I'll play it again at some point, but I'm in absolutely no rush for it. Um, mm. really the, the likelihood is I'll be waiting for whenever the campaign expansion or DLC or whatever comes out for infinite and then jump back into it as co-op and play through the campaign and then the DLC in one foul swoop. Um, but forge for me is kind of the, the key identifier here as to what can really help revitalize the game. Um, we already know that not only are three four three creating maps or recreating maps in Forge in order to bring them into circulation, but also community maps. Um, the best community maps are also going into regular circulation as well. Um, so that's going to add some much needed content, even in the short term. Um, even just before this show on Twitter, I saw um, they've already 
there's a, there's a community creator that's already created um, Call of Duty map shipment um, in Forge, and that looks awesome. I was like, okay, see, straight away they've already got this nice little confined uh, close quarters map to, to shoot everybody on and have fun. And then, of course, we've seen the Toy Story map, and we've seen... Um, um, Many of the classic Halo Hobbit, maps yeah, actually Hobbiton. have been. We've seen from Lord of the Rings yeah. in in there. We've there's so many awesome community created yeah. maps that are going in there, and of course we know some of the classic maps are being created by both community creators and uh, the three four three team. So there's a lot of stuff coming up. Um, as Miles pointed out, though, the one thing that they really need to do for a free-to-play game is completely redesign that storefront because it is so bad. Like, you can't launch a free-to-play game or free-to-play multiplayer game and have next to no monetization in it. Yeah. Like, the monetization options in that game are pitiful. Like, you get one armor thing, like, a week or something ridiculous, and it's like, great. Okay, is that it? Like, and they don't leave any of them in? Just yeah. leave it all in. Just have a big marketplace like you've seen what Sea of Thieves does. Sea of Thieves have got mountains of things you can buy. And they're always adding things in there and they're always changing it. It's all cool and they never take skins out of there unless it's like limited seasonal things like Halloween and things like that. But the FOMO, dude! I remember waiting a year. A full year mm. to get Master Chief in Fortnite. Because when Master yeah. Chief first came to Fortnite, I was like, I don't want to pay 20 bucks for Master Chief. I can wait, whatever. And then they took him away. And then I, I started <laughs> playing it again. I was like, damn, I should have spent 20 bucks on Master Chief. And the second <laughs> it was in the store, I bought it. I'm a fool. Uh, they yep. got me. But I got Marcus Phoenix as well. Oh, yeah. I got. I just bought <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Ash from Evil Dead got added to Fortnite. Oh, nice. <laughs> Why isn't Ash from Evil Dead in Halo Infinite? All right, that's the real question I need yeah. to this, But there's so many crossovers that they could do, and they need. They really need to start being a bit more proactive on the store yeah. or coming up with some ideas, but the store is empty. And for a free-to-play game, especially for people who want to show off the characters and things like that, you need to have options for skins whether it's weapons or armor or something, and you need to have a nice full marketplace for them to do it. It's yeah. literally the only time we say microtransactions are all right is when it's cosmetic because that's just someone wanting to personalize themselves and show themselves off and be different to other people. Um, we don't like loot boxes. Everyone's agreed for that because, of course, it's, it's a form of gambling and nobody knows what you're going to get. But when you're talking about skins on a free-to-play game, that is literally the only way to make money on a free-to-play game. <laughs> mm. you, you need a storefront that has content, and they just haven't. So I think 2023 or whatever it is, the, the actual next season, they need to just revamp that store in-game, get plenty of cosmetics in there, plenty of weapon skins and things like that, um, and keep it that way. Don't just have one at a time or the occasional one. Um but in terms of maps and content, I think Forge is really going to help them out going forwards from an internal creativity point of view as well. I think it's going to speed up the process. Instead of having to kind of create maps from scratch, they're just going to use Forge to create the maps and bring them back yeah. in, which is going to speed up it significantly. Um, there's a good chance they'll probably work and or um, kind of part employ some of these community creators and give them money for the maps that they create as well. Um, there's a lot of the times that that has been oh, kind of like they do in, in, in flight sim. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, flight sim, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and but obviously, in flight sim, it is literally paid DLC every time. Yeah. Obviously, with Forge, it isn't the case, but they could, of, of course, just say, okay, well, for every huge map that we put into our creator thing, you'll get, um, or or our curated playlist, um, mm. then obviously you get paid for that map as well. So mm. it could be incentive to get some awesome community maps put into the uh, into that as well. And of course, yeah. it's, like I say. End of the day, it's going to help, I think, speed up the process on getting new content to people. Yeah, so for sure, for sure. So yeah, huge stuff. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. All right, gentlemen, and we are almost at the end of the show. And at the end of the show, it's always time to discuss uh, the community questions. Ooh, you're so All right, Miles, at the end of the show, uh, we always ask uh, answer a couple of community questions. People can write in uh, on Twitter, on Xbox, on YouTube, wherever they want. Uh, community questions, usually I collect them on Wednesdays, guys. Uh, and this week we got so many. I, I don't think we'll be able to get to all of them, uh, but we'll pick a few. We'll pick a few. Miles, this one is for you, the first. Oh. Uh, Uh, from Waller Weasel, he says, I've got a question for Miles. First of all, congratulations for acknowledging that Secret of Mana is the best game of all time. How would you bring back the Mana franchise to the modern era? Ah, okay. So, uh, slight correction. Legend of Mana, in my opinion, is is the best. I would agree. I agree with the with Waller is... Weasley. The Secret of Mana is is my favorite. It, it is. It's iconic. It, it basically yeah. created the action RPG genre as we know it today in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Incredibly important. Incredibly beautiful. We know Square is working on a new mainline entry as part of the anniversary series. They said they yeah. are working on a new entry for consoles, which. I'm excited about the series. Unfortunately, has not gotten a lot of money or budget in a long time. The last several mm -hmm. entries have been smaller scale, um, but things kind of took a turn when they remade Trials of Mana, and that game is pretty outstanding. It's definitely a budget title, it's... but for its scope and scale, so good. Such a good action RPG and such a great way to experience that story. Yeah. Um, when it comes to bringing it back, One thing I was really disappointed by Trials of Mana, because for me, the series has always been about multiplayer. It's always been about co-op. You could play yeah. Secret of Mana with three players on Super Nintendo, which was which wild. Is... Getting the multi-tap out and playing three-player Secret mm -hmm. of Mana? Come on. And then Legend of Mana 2, you can play the entire game in two-player co-op. You yeah. could control NPCs, or you could import your own character and play with a friend. Um, so I hope that that is a pillar of this new entry, and they find a way to make it more of an online ongoing thing i don't need it to be a games as a service title but i want to be able to grind or play the main campaign play the story and then have like side optional dungeons that we can play in multiplayer yeah. so i have my character i have all of my gear and then there's an end game basically i want legend of Mana like with diablo i want to i want the end game of like diablo where i just have like randomly generated dungeons i can yeah. visit with my friends something like that you know exactly give me a reason to keep playing this with my friends mm -hmm. and if they yeah. can do that oh that's it i'm set i'm set awesome awesome man uh, i i need to throw in one thing here though uh as as, as awesome as secret of mana is one of my all-time favorites is like not 
out of the mana series, but in that vein, and that is Secret of Evermore. Have you ever played oh, yes. that? Yes, I definitely. I love that game. I played, still played once a year on my or original Super Nintendo. I freaking love Secret of Mana uh, Evermore. It's it's just so good. Yeah, that era had so many good, so oh, many yeah. just um, some of the best Lufia. RPGs. Lufia was also really good. Man, such good stuff. Dutch, how do you actually? I've, we never talked about the Mana series. How do you feel about it? The Mana series, I say, I was I was always a Final Fantasy fanboy. So, mm. um, Final Fantasy one through six, and six being the best. Final Fantasy, fight me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I will fight you because it's seven. It still is seven. <laughs> no, no. The best, the best villain and the best story is six. Um, from a gameplay perspective, of course, turning it up a notch. Seven was, of course, that that step into the first proper um, yeah. vision of what Final Fantasy could be in the future, and of course, that spawned some great titles after that. But um, no, the secrets, the secrets of Mana, the Trials of Mana series, um, never actually played them. Surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, again, we, I need that kick out button here. <laughs> I know I would end uh, if, up alone on the show, but I was gonna say one of and speaking of on the same vein, um, GRPGs and things like that. Um, uh, one of mine, my favorites to this day, I still want to come back that Nintendo have neglected drastically, um, is Golden Sun. That oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely loved that game like yeah absolutely loved it. and it looked for being on a game boy that thing looked tremendous like it's so graphically pleasing to look at at the time as well for a game boy yeah. um yeah i'd love to see that game come back absolutely love it yeah that's a good shout that's a good shout doom reaper writes in and says what game or accessory are you gifting yourself for christmas this year what game or accessory? Um, Coastal Protocol. It comes out. What day is that? Mm. Is it the fourth December? Yeah, early December, something early like December. that. Yeah. My, my birthday is December 9th and Christmas is the twenty fifth. Oh. You know, so you know, it gets all kind of merged together a little bit. Right. But I always forget you in America. You get your Christmas presents on twenty fifth. We do that on twenty fourth here in germany so oh yeah. yeah yeah so that's what i'm gonna treat myself to a little uh little callisto protocol callisto protocol sweet how about you dutch yeah it'll be the t t technically it'll be the same i mean i'm buying callisto anyway but yeah that's technically my christmas present to myself mm -hmm. <laughs> callisto um probably likely something to enhance this setup in some way shape or form some form of tech um when amazon get their the the their butts in order my ram for my uh desk desktop will be upgraded but still waiting um yeah that's that they're my gifts mm. to myself this year sweet sweet so uh i'm not selfish here at all but i think i might buy myself a third nintendo pro controller so i can play with my kids mario kart Nice. uh now they play we i have two controls and they always play of course together but i want to play the three with the three of us uh so may i might get that and maybe sonic frontiers uh also to play of course with the little ones uh oh of course i want to play it too but <laughs> you always gotta make excuses so 
uh, yeah, I think that's that's gonna be it because I with Callisto, I don't know if I can wait. The FOMO will be big because everyone will be talking about that game, and I always want to be part of the discussion. So um, <laughs> that's Miles. That's that's you. You mentioned earlier you buy a lot of games and never finish them. Um, I hate not finishing games, but I also hate not being part of the conversation. Uh, yeah, so. that's the, the FOMO, you know? It's yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's true. Uh, that's, by the way, also why I got Elden Ring. I wanted actually to hold, hold, hold off on, on, on Elden Ring when it came out, but FOMO got me, and, and that leads into the next question. Um, coming, where where is it? There it is. Uh, from Hurtog Win and yeah, man, I'm going to read your question. Even though you like pineapple on pizza. Ugh. But luckily, the question isn't related to that. Um, what will be your game of the year? And who do you think will win at the awards? Uh, mine, Elden Ring, for sure. Far far and away. Um, that is one of those experiences that you know, for me, I I didn't want to finish it, which we've all had those games where you don't want to finish it. But it was for the first time where I beat yeah. a game and was sad. Like, I was sad mm. that the experience was over. And that's such a weird, rare feeling that I can't really point to ever having before. Um, it's one of the first times I've ever beaten an open world RPG that took me over 100 hours to finish and then immediately jumped into a second playthrough, a third playthrough. I have days and days and days of playtime in that game already. And awesome. I'm already talking with my friends about starting another run. We're already <laughs> having those conversations about going back new run in. on new game plus. Uh, we need to get one of our buddies caught up. So we're going to do a new run mm. into new game plus. Cause I have okay. three characters that I've beaten it, but I haven't beaten it on new game plus yet. I keep beating it with different people and then getting to the end, but I want to do that new game plus run. But I honestly think it's, you know, obviously God of War is getting a lot of praise right now. Mm. Um, but I've never seen a weird cult RPG, an obscure RPG blow up in the same way that that game did. It was selling yeah. Call of Duty numbers. That yeah, is unheard it's, of. It's crazy. The, the, a niche hardcore RPG yeah. competing toe to toe with Call of Duty, making over a billion dollars. And it's not just about money. It was yeah. one of those games where like you just talked about, everyone was playing it and everyone was raving yeah. about it in a way that I've never seen. I've had friends I haven't talked to in a decade hit me up and say, yo, are you playing Elden Ring? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, obviously I'm playing Elden Ring. So I've joked about this previously, but I think Elden Ring is going to sweep most categories, whether it be game of the year, whether it be best soundtrack, yeah. whether it be best RPG. I think Elden Ring is going to be the game that is nominated for most categories and wins a lot of them if i if mm. but i haven't played god of war so you know i don't i don't know That's i don't it. think El, yeah. i don't think elden ring will win best narrative so that might be a yeah, lot probably not <laughs> hopefully not because honestly if you talk narrative alone uh we had better games this year in terms of narrative um but yeah dutch what do you think yeah, I'm gonna go the same. I think I think Elden Ring will win Game of the Year. I think it did more. Well, it depends on on a logical perspective, as as we think logically. Um, <laughs> Elden Ring uh, did more for its genre and the gaming space than yeah. God of War is doing. 
it's not to say God of War isn't going to be an absolute masterpiece, and by all accounts, it, everyone's saying it's uh, better than the first one, which was, again, a claim to be a masterpiece. Um, and it's not to say that it isn't an amazing game, but Elden Ring, as Miles pointed out, turned this hardcore Souls-like RPG that very rarely gets much attention, and it's very niche in, the, in its player base, usually a couple of million at that, into a 20 million plus juggernaut that just swept over. Yeah. And, I, and much like mm-hmm. Miles, I had people at work that don't talk about game and talk about Elden Ring. And I was like, what is going on? Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why is so many people wanting to play Elden Ring of all games? Like, it's it's just crazy how, how well and how popular that game did mm-hmm. um, and still doing. Um, there's still people to this day doing, as Miles said he's on his fourth fifth sixth tenth 100th playthrough um, <laughs> um and people are still doing it and they're still having fun in it and so um it's a testament to the world that they have created and it's yeah. it's quite obviously for them um it's a, another huge bonus to them as to okay we had this vision of where we wanted the franchise to go where we wanted our souls games to go and it's not only has it panned out for the best but it's it's been the most <laughs> the most highest performing game we've ever made it's, it's hit records it's a whole new fan base a whole new player base we've reached um so i think deservedly the team behind elden ring um for everything that they've done for the for for that franchise for that genre um and for getting so many new people into that particular franchise i think they're well deserving for game of the year this year despite mm. what else comes out i think it's just the the wave that came along with that game and the amount of new people trying that yeah. genre for the first time and loving it um it's more than deserving of its accolades so um as great as ragnarok is or or no doubt it will be um i think elden ring does the clean sweep um i think narrative actually will be a head ahead between ragnarok and plague tale mm-hmm. um yeah i think Especially like I'm still playing through Plague Tale myself, but specifically those later chapters, which I've heard so so much about, those later chapters for Plague Tale really started. The ending, up. dude. The ending, it yeah. hits hard. It hits yeah. hard. So I'm I'm fully expecting Plague Tale, rightfully so as well, for yeah. narrative. Um, even maybe his music, because of course we know they've they've done tremendous work with their music and things like that and audio design. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough battle for a couple of them. Um, like I say, narrative and music and, and art direction is gonna is gonna yeah. be a tough battle. Um, but I think yeah, ultimately game of the year goes to Elden Ring. Yeah, Elden 100%. Ring. And, and is it is it also yours, your f- personal pick? Yeah, you know what it is. Even though I even though I haven't personally completed it, for the fact that this game managed to get me, who's not a Souls person at all, like the first Souls I attempted to play was like four weeks before Elden Ring launched, and that was Dark Souls 2, Scholar of something edition. I don't know what it's called mm. on the Xbox. So I played a little bit of that, and I was like, okay, if this is if they do like an open-world version of this, which I know Elden Ring will, I'll probably have a better time with it. And the fact that I actually ended up putting the best part of 20-odd, 30-odd hours into it, which obviously for a non-Souls player and someone who doesn't notoriously like those kind of games... um. Yeah, I would say so far for what it did for me, bringing me into a new genre and what could possibly be 
kind of another one that I would invest in in the future. Um, so far, so far, it's top of the game of the year list. Of course, Ragnarok is right here. So mm-hmm. uh, personally, it might be taken over by the end of the weekend. But <laughs> yeah. so far, so far, it is. Um, it's it's Elden Ring. Yeah. Oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah, for me, um, I agree. I, I, I think Elden Ring is probably the game that's gonna win game of the year. Uh, I mean. Realistically, uh, God of War is the only challenger at the Game Awards um, that that could challenge uh, um, Elden Ring. But yeah, for the f- reason alone that this game brought a very niche genre to the the masses, to the more casual audience, um, I think it deserves it. Um, is it my personal pick? Well, probably not. Um, honestly, I, I liked it. It was a good game. I don't think it deserves game of the year because I had I simply played games that I had more fun with at the end of the day. Um, but I can't nominate H4 so uh, <laughs> because that came out last year. Uh, so I think as of right now, and I ex- exclude now, of course, um, God of War because I have only played like an hour or so. Dying Light is the one I'm gonna name because I just had a blast playing that game. Um, I really like how they built the world. Um, that like the traversal across the city is fantastic, and the way how you, the more you play the game, how you learn to read the city. On oh. If I over there, I can take that route in the traversal of this one, and it, it I loved it. I loved the story. I really enjoyed enjoyed it. Um, I know Miles is, is probably now a little bit disappointed that I don't say Elden Ring. <laughs> you know, hey, I it's one of those games. I know people who played it who didn't love it, and again, it's obscure. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's. I mean, it's not that I didn't enjoy my time. I put 85 hours or something in it uh, in order to finish it. Uh, so I beat it. I liked it. And I wouldn't have put in 80 plus hours into it if I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> uh, obviously. Um, but uh, it also had its issues. Like I th- I felt, at, especially towards the end of the game, a lot of things were very repetitive. Like... How many magma worms did you fight? <laughs> the bosses felt copy-paste. The dungeons felt copy-paste. And at the beginning of the game, it was so rewarding, you know, to explore, like, every corner of the map and find different things and uh, explore the dungeons, of course, and, and finding cool stuff. And towards the end of the game, everything you found felt like it wasn't helping you or the your your build that you used in the game so it, it just kind of fell short in that regard to, especially towards the end of the game so yeah i i liked it it's it's a good game no doubt it's a very good game um but i just if i think about it i had more fun playing dying light so Boo! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, let, let's change the subject. One last question before we let you go. Um, coming in from Retri, he says, um, I want to know what has been Miles' favorite horror game this past year? 
Ooh, my favorite horror game. It's been a good year. We're we're in this horror mm. renaissance right now. So many people are making horror games. So many of those horror games are good. My favorite so far this year, not scary per se, but Evil Dead the game was a big surprise for me because I love Evil Dead. I was going to play Evil Dead the game, even if it was mm. just terrible. Like I'll be honest with myself. I'll be honest with you. Even if Evil Dead the game was bad, I probably would have played it. But Evil Dead the game came out and it was so good. It's, yeah. it's an asymmetrical game, which I know people have problems with. It's only multiplayer. There's no story mode to it. But it's, it, it's one of those games where the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay feels so good. It's got flashy executions. It's got solid gunplay. Um, yeah. And then they just did such a good job creating the world based on the source material. And for me, who's a big Evil Dead fan, it just it felt like the first time since watching the original Evil Dead movies where you're you're sucked into that world in, in a really cool way. And so, yeah, I think I've put 60 hours, 70 hours into it, maybe. Um, okay. And... I still play it regularly. I still jump in a few matches a week and play. So it's surprisingly a game that ended up being way better than it has any right to be. And so mm. right now, that's that's definitely my favorite horror game. Some other shout outs. The Quarry. Um, uh, the Quarry is another oh, yeah. fun one. It's, again, less of a game because it's more interactive, but great pacing, great execution, great acting. The twist wasn't quite as good as, you know, until dawn. But that being said, the mm. overall production and, and delivery of the Corey was super good if you're a fan of uh cheesy cheesy b horror movies <laughs> yeah yeah good shout good shout and i mean Callisto is around the corner right mm -hmm. um yeah oh yeah uh, you you absolutely spot on uh, the horror genre is kind of getting that revival like we get resident evil for the remake next year as well in dead space and silent hill yeah. silent hills coming back yeah. finally four yeah. of them five of them are coming back <laughs> yeah all of the hills bunch of them <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> no uh absolutely i love that uh I can't actually. I can't wait for Resident Evil Four. I have so much much nostalgia playing that on my GameCube. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I, yeah, man, it's 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 fantastic to be a horror fan these days. But yeah, with that, Miles, I want to wrap it up. Um, again, thank you so much for joining. It was an absolute blast to have you on here. Um, in case people don't follow you, they can find all your links in the description of the show note. Um, for everything I could find, at least. <laughs> uh, so, but let people know uh, what you've coming up, what you're working on. Where can people see you next? Um, just let them know where they can find you. Yeah, again, appreciate the invite. Had a blast hanging out with you guys. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, on, on Twitter is the best place right now, pending mm -hmm. its implosion. Uh, it's that's been a saga, a saga for another time. But yeah, I'm on Twitter a lot. And you can also follow me on, or you can check out my new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Miles Dompierre. And if you are Xbox centric, uh, my stuff is over on Windows Central as well. I host a weekly podcast called Xbox Chatterdays that goes live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And that's it. And that's, that's, that's all. <laughs> 
Sweet, sweet. No, thanks again for taking the time to come on here. Uh, it really was a blast to chat with you. The two hours flew by. Uh, that just happens when you have great conversations. So thank you, man. And also, Wandering Dutch, uh, thank you for co-hosting once again. Uh, as always, it's been a blast. So let people know where, where, what you've coming up. Yeah, certainly. So tomorrow, of course, I'll be diving into God of War Ragnarok. I will be streaming that as well. Mm. Um, of course, when Ian come out, I just sat there and played through the entire thing in a week. Um, platinumed it straight away, blocked out the world. Um, so <laughs> this time around... I wish I had the I'm time for that, man. I wish I yeah. had the time for that. <laughs> uh, I can't be doing it this time around, but I'll be, I'll be, streaming, I'll be streaming the entire playthrough, so I'm going to be doing it in chunks. Um, yeah. But I'll be going for the Platinum again, um, so I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, of course, uh, the weekend edition has moved to fortnightly, so it makes more sense when there's a little bit of less news at the moment to do it that mm -hmm. way. Um, but back again on Tuesday for Save Tuesday's Playcast, and again Wednesday for the Midweek Mixer podcast. Um, but Miles, as always, it's been a pleasure. Um, uh, what happened to the, the horror podcast you were doing so that is going to be coming back on my new YouTube channel in, in, in a way. Um, yeah, my, my co-host and I, she she works for um, Eidos. And so there was the whole oh, Embracer acquisition. And so it's been a little chaotic, a little yeah. chaotic. So took a little time off, but we're, we're trying to work out a way to get it back and, and bring it to a live format as well, which which I'm excited about. Um, so, yeah, hopefully the big comeback will be soon-ish, but I'll keep everyone posted. <laughs> Sweet. Terrific, terrific. <laughs> yeah, awesome having you here as always, Miles. And uh, looking forward to seeing your your new Pokemon channel take off. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, indeed. Uh, again, the Pokemon channel of Miles. You, the link is in the description. And uh, guys, I also want to say a big thank you to everyone in the chat who joined us here live today. Uh, you guys are just amazing. Thanks so much for the super chat and the support, of course and all the channel memberships truly means a lot but yeah just being here uh listening to us and chatting with us about gaming is is the best reward there is uh that's why we do this right and i also want to say of course always a big thank you to the people that don't make it live uh here in the chat uh, but listen to us after the fact on youtube or on one of the podcast services around the globe so um thank you guys um we will have an awesome guest next week as well, by the way. Uh, next week, we will have Ice Steel Rain um, joining us for, for, for the entire show, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then, yeah, very soon, we will have another community special with a couple of community members uh, that come on the podcast uh, that usually don't do podcasts. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We will talk about that a little bit more in-depth in next week. But for now... Thanks again for watching and listening. Don't forget to game on.